And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. This week, it is the international weekend. By the time you'll be listening to this one, it won't even be the international week because this is where we get to record uh, historical topics on our podcast and learn a bit more about some of our special guests and some of our own co-hosts as well in terms of what their favourites are, in terms of favourite players, favourite partnerships, favourite teams, whatever it is. And this week, we are going through the top 10 Premier League strike partnerships. Yes, you heard that right. We waited a hundred and something episodes. I don't know when this is going to be released, but we waited so many episodes to get our top 10 list um, for Premier League um, partnerships, which would be crazy. And it's not defensive partnerships, it's not midfield partnerships. You are hearing us right. Strike partnerships. So it does include um, strike partnerships, including the winger and a striker as well, which will be good fun as well. And it's going to be great fun because I've got Travis on the podcast, as you all know, is a big avid Tottenham Hotspur fans. So Travis, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts today. How are you doing this week, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Um, top of the league. So nothing Having to be unhappy laugh. about. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like I said, when this podcast comes out, it's going to be way after this week as well. So it could be in it could be in a time when Spurs are fourth again. But yeah, it's we'll good. probably be like bottom half by the time it comes out. <laughs> I look like an idiot. You're basically just sympathising now, but you're playing really good football at this time of speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, someone who else, who else, uh, Arsenal played really good football on the weekend as well against a very tough Manchester City side. And we've got our special guest, uh, guest Matt, who's an Arsenal fan from Back of the Net podcast, who joined us last week for a live stream on the Champions League, which is great to see. Matt, so thanks for Matt, yeah, Matt, thanks for coming mm-hmm. through again, my friend. How are you doing this week? I'm all good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel good. Like traffic. Let me just out his word. Yes, yeah, nice to be top of the table. Saying this in advance, we'll still be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll clip that for the time when you actually are top of the table as well, which would be good fun. But <laughs> now, a lot of these partnerships that we're going to be dus- discussing today were top of the table and they were champions. So it's going to be great fun to see how far a lot of these uh, partnerships will be on our top 10 list as well. So the way we're doing it this time around for our listeners that we've had before, they've always seen us kind of do our own individual list, but this is going to be quite fun to actually dictate a joint list between the three of us. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we're going to go. But one rule I'm going to put into place is you can only put in one player um, per partnership as well. So what I mean by that is they have to be in one player per partnership per team. So if you're going to put in, for example, Wayne Rooney, it has to be one Man United partnership with Wayne Rooney or one Everton partnership. It can't be multiple. You can have him as an honorable mention, but you have to find a definitive partnership between those players as well because there's some players who have played for 10, 15 years in the Premier League and they've had partnerships with four or five different people. Sergio Aguero comes to mind as well in that one. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we together collectively define the top 10 partnerships um, in the Premier League history so far. So... We're going to start from 10, work our way all up up to one. It's going to be quite fun to see how we agree and disagree. But what I'm going to do is we are going to alternate picks and it's going to be almost like a draft, but we're going to alternate picks. So um, to start us off, Matthew, being our guest today, being an Arsenal fan today, I want to see how high or how low you put some of these Arsenal partnerships. And we're going to have to see if we can agree or disagree because there is going to be a there is going to be a deciding vote at the end of it. So there's two against one or one against two, whatever it's going to be. So um, we've all got our top 10 lists. Matt, let's hear your first one on the nominations for top 10, starting from number 10. Let's go. So, it's been a tough with Arsenal, you know, all these partnerships, these weird, weird ones. You know, one of the ones I'm really, I have to put for this. It's a, now you've got me on the pressure of 10. I'm going to go with ooh, Anelka. We're going to do an Anelka, mm. Nicholas Anelka. And I'm going to say, oh, 
Oh, it's tough. Because it was kind of overmars and the wing. We played some very different formation. Do you know what? I'm going to do one because that was effective in the FA Cup final um, against Maynard. I'm going to go with that overmars and the Nelka partnership when he first come. So I'm when he first burst onto the scene. First person into the scene, yeah. Loved it. So I would say them too because the pace, everything they had at that time was, it was something brand new to the league and Anelka was someone no one really knew about and I think they were phenomenal and to help us win that league and that FA Cup as well. I'm going to go over that one. Tell us a bit more about Nicholas Anelka when he was younger because when we were looking at Nicholas Anelka, well, from my point of view, I mm. saw him mostly when he came in at Liverpool, when he was playing at mm. Bolton and especially at Chelsea. But what was so different about Nicholas Anelka that Arsene Wenger brought him in and trusted him, this young striker, after Ian Wright was kind of being phased out from the club um, from an Arsenal point of view? Do you know what? It was kind of crazy because I remember when we first signed, Arsene Wenger had that thing where he was signing players for like low prices and he was delving into that league and, you know, that side of the continent. Mm. And I would just remember seeing him, like this guy come to Jerry Curls in his head and I was like, who is this guy? And the pace was just phenomenal. And it wasn't... Did you have Jerry Curls as well, Matt? I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. I think I was going for the buzz cut back then. But uh, no, he honestly, he was phenomenal. And I just remember it was that yellow kit we had with the the blue strip here. And I just remember him burning down. And one of the nicest guys, so he scored one against Blackburn, I think it was. Mm. And just seeing that, I was like, right, we've got someone good here. And even now you listen to all these ex-players talking, Thierry himself. And I think even most recently, Ian Wright was talking about, he knew when an Elka come, that was it for him. He just packed his bags. It was like, he just took over. But it's quite sad how that career did kind of fade away with Arsenal. And he did what he did at other clubs. But listen, phenomenal. And I don't really have a bad word to say about him. Nah, it's nice to hear that, Matt. Good introduction on Nicholas Anelka to this list. And Travis, it looks like we can't use Nicholas Anelka for a partnership. I think we, we will we'll mention names because we can't use Anelka again, um, unfortunately. But I was thinking more Nicholas Anelka with his partnership with DDA Drogba. And that looks like we can't really use that now due to my new terms and conditions for this <laughs> list as well. But um, what was your first impressions of Nicholas Anelka when you saw him in the Premier League? And how did it, how did it kind of ring true that Nicholas Anelka was a misunderstood striker, misunderstood genius, going from team to team, country to country, um, to turn up, Travis. Let's hear your thoughts. I'll be honest, I'm probably a, you know, I don't want to throw you boys under the bus here, but I'm probably a little bit young to He played for all Nicholas the teams Anelka that you didn't like as well. He played for Liverpool, <laughs> that is true. he played for yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea and Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, my, my only real memories of Nicholas Anelka were vaguely a little bit when he was at Chelsea, um, mm. but the only time I really remember him being in the Premier League was at West Brom, which is obviously tail end of his career. Um, what I do remember from when he was at Chelsea was that he would pop up with important goals. He wasn't the main guy there. And obviously that was, like I say, later in his career, but it always seemed like he would pop up with an important goal when they needed him to. That, that's all I could really say is from from my point of view is on an Elka. <laughs> nah, that's fair enough. Nicely done there. And Travis, are we going to agree or disagree with Matt for our top 10? So if we have to put our notes down, 10 being over Mars and an Elka, the double winning um, attacking duo for Arsenal in 1998. What are we saying? Um, coming in at 10, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think there's a, a lot of room for debate with the top 10, isn't there? So I'm not going to uh, stress too much about number 10. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you're not stressing about number 10, my friend, but you're stressing about number nine. Where are we going and why with this one? Um, this one for me, is it then, yeah? It's all for you, Travis, number um, nine. I'm going to throw one in that I think should be a bit higher, but I'm going to throw it in to make sure it gets in. I like um, your thinking. And that's Berbatov and Keane. Ooh, Roy Keane. Um, no, Robbie Keane, sorry. Robbie yeah. Keane, Dimitar Berbatov, 2008. Last time Spurs actually won a trophy was when Dimitar Berbatov scored in the, mm -hmm. scored in the Cup final. final. Yeah. 
what was it called then? The Worthington Cup, the Carling Cup. One of them. It was, it was Carling Cup, yeah. Carling yeah. Cup. So tell us about Berbatov for Tottenham because the season before he came in from, uh, I don't know where he came in from, but he came in. Leverkusen, I think. Yeah, it was Leverkusen yeah. for a while. Tell us about how Dimitar Berbatov changed the way Martin Yol and one day Ramos ended up playing um, at Tottenham Hotspur at that time because they were more of a aggressive style of play, but Berbatov just calmed it all down. Robbie Keane was allowed to make those lung-busting runs from midfield to striker and they actually score a lot more goals that season as well. So tell us a bit more about that, Travis. Yeah, they, they just had a real telepathic understanding between the two of them. Um, you, you mentioned there about uh, Robbie Keane making the, the lung busting runs and that complemented Berbatov really, really well because Robbie mm. Keane was a workhorse. You know, He was never the most prolific goal scorer, but he did score goals regularly and he was a really, really hard worker. Um, Berbatov was more of your kind of laid back um you know he got the lazy tag didn't he Berbatov mm. I don't think that was like you it. on like like you on football isn't that right Travis <laughs> at the back yeah I was saying go for five more minutes I was saying, saying go for a bit keep me at the back no comments no comments um but but no it, it was a partnership that just um you know they, they really really understood each other and you know it would have been nice for them to have been able to play together a little bit longer it was only two seasons I believe but in mm. those two years they had uh, you know, 91 goal contributions between the two of them, which is crazy in in two years. Um, would have been nice to see that turn into more trophies as well, but we are Tottenham, so we'll take one. <laughs> One's good. It was a good one as well. And Matt, just from your point of view, talk to me about Dimitar Berbatov and watching him on the football pitch and how he kind of expressed his way of playing football. Were you kind of surprised someone like Dimitar Berbatov moved to Tottenham and then to Manchester United the way he elevated his career in England? Do you know what? I think when he first came, like Travis said, he just had that style where some people would look and be like, oh, it's a bit lazy or whatever. But some of the things he did with the ball, like I'd, I'd watch him even as an Arsenal fan, I'd be like, this guy is quality. <laughs> like, and you know what? I, you know he had that thing he used to wear his sleeves and do the, the hole yeah. in the... Yeah, I don't know what it is about... I still have that shirt that yeah. he has in 2011. <laughs> I've done my shirt like that. My oh, long sleeve one as well. So I'm like, yeah, I've got a copy Dimitar Berbatov. Honestly, I, I love what he did. And yeah, he was just, he was graceful with it. Like even now, he's still the same. So, but yeah, and then we went to United and I don't know if you remember the one where he had the ball on the touchline. I can't oh, remember what it was against. Yeah. He just, Talk to us oh, about it. Phenomenal. Like he, I, I think, what team was that? Was it West Ham? Ham? James was Collins. Ham, was it? Yeah, he had the ball. James Collins was on the touchline. He probably thought oh, the ball was going off. Berbatov just... Well, oh, I just reversed it beautifully past him and then assisted. I can't remember who it was. Was it Nani or... Ronaldo. Ronaldo, yeah. The easiest goal Ronaldo's ever scored was ever, Dimitar Berbatov made that amazing assist. Nah, quality Still can't player. do that. I still can't do that <laughs> in football in real life. And then, listen, amazing. even the hat-trick, the Liverpool hat-trick, the bicycle kick. That's the most forgotten really. hat-trick in Man United yeah. folklore history. No one remembers that, which is really, yeah. really annoying. We won the league that season and yeah. Dimitar Berbatov was top scorer in that season for Man United. Mm. The worst thing about that was Dimitar Berbatov wasn't even on the bench for the Champions League final yeah. against Barcelona. So all of that injustice from Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that at all. Yeah, no, nah, he was quality. I, I loved watching him play and I just and even when you when they made the sign to Man United, I remember why they're making such a big deal. Is he gonna be that good over there? And he was, and he was part of the famous four, Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, and they all complement each other so well. But listen, quality, quality player, can't deny it. Yeah, Demetar Berbatov was an excellent striker at Manchester United, scoring 56 goals in 149 games for Man United, 46 goals for Tottenham and 102 
uh, matches for Tottenham Hotspur as well. I think it's fair to say he may not be a Premier League legend, but he's definitely a cult hero in terms mm. of for both Tottenham and for Manchester United respectively. He definitely had one of the best first touches we've ever seen in Premier League history. Mm-hmm. My question to you, Matthew, is who had a better touch, Dimitar Berbatov or Dennis Bergkamp? Let's hear it. Oh, it's got mm. you thinking because it's got you thinking right there. Do you know what? Yeah, I've got to say Berbatov. I think Bergkamp had an amazing touch, amazing mm. touch. We saw some goals, but Berbatov, as the ball used to come down in the air, just dead. The ball just stopped dead. Like, just literally by whisker, by whisker, Berbatov. He, he, he made the shots. He made the shots dead. He made the passes dead. Just kind of like my just, football career is just dead. It was just <laughs> not it for me um, as well. But Matt, deciding vote for you. Are you going to... Well, I, I'm happy with Berbatov yeah. and Keane at nine. Are you happy with Berbatov and Keane? I'm good with that one. I like, I like that one. That's, that's a good one at nine, definitely. You're keeping the Spurs ones as low as possible, right? <laughs> unless, you want to, unless you want to sabotage later on, which would be, which would be good fun. Um, number eight for me. Um, I basically need to get these two guys on the list because these two guys were scary. They were difficult to play against and they were a, uh, a duo that, realistically speaking, they lasted for a good time, but not a long time. And we're going, unfortunately for me, all the way up to the northeast of England. We are going to the northeast of England. We're going to the black and white and not the red and white, which I was discussing <laughs> with Matt before um, pre-recording. We are going to uh, Alan Shearer and Craig Bellamy. I'm going for these two because I think these two were a very good partnership going forward. Alan Shearer, I'm also going to sabotage. Actually, no, I, I've kind of sabotaged him there. I don't know what to do. I'm sabotaging. I don't want to sabotage him. I'll You've keep said it for- now. I've said Ooh. it <laughs> That's the law. That's the law. We're not uh, going to use Sutton and... Actually, you know what? I'll go for Sutton and Shearer at eight just because I want to get you rid of Shearer. Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton at eight. Sorry, Craig Bellamy. Uh, Bellamy. Sorry, Newcastle United. Uh, Blackburn Rovers, champions uh, that season as well. Mm-hmm. Chris Sutton and Alan Shearer. I'm quite happy to keep them at eight. Matt, do you have anything to say about Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton's partnership uh, before we move on? Do you know what? It's just a big deal in terms of winning them the league, complementing each other well. And I think that was one of the first partnerships where I saw, we know how Chris Sutton's play was, mm. flick on. Shearer was just brute force, <laughs> right? For volleys, heading, any penalties. For no, I think that was a great, and it's a great team anyway, but them two up front, just did absolute bits for them and obviously first and last Premier League title they'll ever have so uh, massive sorry Blackburn Rovers that, that was just <laughs> in the sun unfortunately uh, which <laughs> great but Travis are you happy with that being at number 8 for Alan Shearer yeah I can uh, I can live with that obviously again far before my uh, before my age category unfortunately but um, you, you don't really have to have watched them to know how good they were to take Blackburn Rovers to a Premier League title is, you know, credit enough in itself. So yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with uh, Shearer and Sutton in number eight. Just a few stats on Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton's partnership for Blackburn Rovers. They scored 49 goals between them in Blackburn Rovers' title winning season in 1994 and 1995. It helped Alan Shearer to score 34 times to win the first of his three successive Golden Boot Awards. And they would also combine for 13 goals together. And at the time, it was a composition record in the Barclays Premier League, which stood until 2020 to 2021. And it goes to show that they had 343 Premier League goals between them. Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton are not to be mm. messed with or trifled with. But the fact that we've got them on our list, as opposed to a Newcastle United combination or a Chelsea one for Chris Sutton, um, goes to show that the respect that they've got there as well. But nicely done there, everyone. I'm quite happy with Alan mm. Shearer at number eight. And a lot of people won't be, but it is what it is. It's our list mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Travis, talk to us about number seven. We're going to talk to you about number seven, Matt, number six, then mm. me, number five. And I want to hear your thoughts on 
where you think number seven will go? Is there going to be a number seven in your number seven list? Um, yes, I think there is going to be a number seven in my number seven, actually. Oh, dear. Um, I'm going for <laughs> what you would call a one-season wonder of a partnership. Um, I'm going for Suarez and Storage from that Liverpool season, 13-14. Mm. Um, Tell us about Suarez and Storage. And Sterling was in that list as well, by the way. He was very good as an assassin. Yes, Sterling deserves a special mention, definitely. But I do think it was Suarez and Storage more so than Sterling. Um, They were just a really special partnership. I mean, that is one of the most average Liverpool teams that you'll ever likely to see. But just the quality of those two players in that one season meant that they were very, very close to that that first Premier League title. Um, yeah, just a, a great, great partnership. Uh, Suarez, I think, was the the main bulk of it, but, you know, storage definitely more than played as part. And, yeah, they were probably unlucky not to have a, a winner's medal between them uh, that season because they probably deserved one. They lost out to Yaya Torre dominating the league. So I'm, I'm all happy with Yaya Torre <laughs> dominating the league. He went to every ground and just made it his own. Apart from Anfield, where they lost that game through to through an amazing Philippe Coutinho goal as well. Um, my question to you, Matt, is are you happy with Sturridge and Suarez being so low on the list? Do you know what? I had I had another duo that I kind of wanted to work below them ones. Mm. Not too far below, but no, listen, that, that strike partnership was phenomenal. And I think, like Travis said, it was one average team and they really got, you know, them out of a hole. And like you said, Sterling as well, obviously had his part to play, but listen, great strike force. But yeah, I was going to put it just a bit higher. But just a little uh, bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit higher. But no, no, I'm good with them too. But obviously we are there. Nicely done, nicely done. And now you're at number six here, Matt. So talk to us about who you've got at number six. And remember, these are all these players that we're missing out on as well. And you have to make sure we're getting them in the right place. You can't have a mistake like me putting Alan Shearer <laughs> so low, but his name was mentioned, so we have to keep him in the list. Oh, okay. This one I'm going with, um, again, it's a Liverpool one. Um, and I know Travis was talking about, you know, I don't remember too far back. I went with a Collymore. And Robbie Fowler. No, Robbie Fowler was cold. He was so, so good as a striker as well. And he so was forgotten. phenomenal. I think with Liverpool, everyone talks Suarez, Torres, Owen, but people just forget just how good Robbie Fowler was, especially at them times. Well. And him and Collymore, great partnership. And they had a big role to play in one of the best games I've ever seen in Premier League history mm. um, at Anfield, you know, Newcastle and... Um, Liverpool with Kevin Keegan's famous on the bench, just, you know, <laughs> going mad. So yeah, One of the best from, ever games in Premier League history. Oh, insane. That, yeah. But yeah, them two, I think, phenomenal. Like, Colin had speed, shooting with both feet. Robbie Fowler was just, he was like, what, God of Liverpool? <laughs> you know what I mean? So good, he even come back in the latter years of his, you know, career and still scored, well, I think, a couple of goals. But listen, adored, loved, clinical striker. Never ignored as well. What are we going to do, Travis? Are we ignore this or ignoring this one or are we adding this one to our list of top fives? What are we saying? Um, yeah, I think I can just about let that one slide. I think looking at the list that I've got in front of me, I made a little bit of a my own top 10 before that. I was hoping mm. to try and keep you guys mm. to as much as possible. Um, obviously, We're all means, failing at that one. That's all I'm saying. Know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, it means one of these partnerships will have to drop out but mm. you know there's there's a reason why they call Robbie Fowler God isn't there so <laughs> I feel like he's, he's and not because of his property investments selection. as well yeah. not because of his property <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's a justified selection definitely I can uh, I can be more than happy with that one nicely done there um, number five for me um, 
I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm so sorry to do this to you. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 doing this. I'm doing this uh, not to spite you, but I think there are four better strike partnerships. Don't say what I think you're going to say. You are really, really going to wind me up if you say what I think. Gonna, what I think you're going to say? Nah, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to say it just for the sake of saying it. Harry Kane and Hingham and Son. Oh no! They've got to be a Oh, mate, they are top two and it's not number two. Are you they, kidding they, me? They are literally top two. Oh, but, that's I mean, embarrassing. That is. From, my, from my point of view, I mean, they scored 322 goals between them in the yeah. Premier League in under 600 appearances. That's disgusting. Harry, <laughs> Harry Kane and the Human Song killed it for at least six, seven years in the Premier League. They did can, so can much. Just, can I just tell you something there? Go they've, for it. They've got the records in the Premier League for yes. most goals combined for in a season. And, and all of time. all time. If you're mm. talking about a duo, a partnership, how is there a better metric for measuring how good a partnership is than how one many word. goals they've won? One word for and each one other? word only. Don't one say word trophies. and trophies. Success. <laughs> Silverware. Uh, I'm seconds away from logging off. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's, that's what we do. I, I knew I had to sabotage you somewhere. I was going to sabotage one of the two of you, but uh, I'll be honest, there was, there was an Arsenal partnership. There's actually two Arsenal partnerships I still have in my top 10. There's two Man United and there's one Chelsea and one Spurs. So I've just binned off the Chelsea one. Forget <laughs> Chelsea. But I can't have... I can't, I can't. I can't not have the Chelsea. The Ultra Number Man five, man. Oh, <laughs> five. absolutely fuming. <laughs> Go on, Matt. Talk to us about Human Song still killing it for Tottenham now as a striker and the captain of Tottenham Hotspur and how he and Harry Kane tore up the Premier League for year on year, but um, without any real success, unfortunately, for Tottenham Hotspur. Do you know what? It's it's one of them partnerships where you're looking. You, you wish you know they they got more trophies. Listen, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I appreciate good players and. Them two were just scary. And even when Kane started to drop off and it was just finding Son, and it would be finding Son, you know, when he travels no better than him, pass the ball, bang, just without looking. If <laughs> he knows Son's gone and, yeah, they, they were phenomenal. Son had the speed, whatever. And listen, he's still flourishing now. But, yeah, that they used to scare me. Like, I remember playing Tottenham with them two and I'd be like, oh, and any of them injured? They got a niggle, anything like that? But, nah, yeah, they were formidable, formidable partnership. At five... Oh boy, <laughs> I don't know. Remember, I, you I both Travis has disagreed with me wholeheartedly, so it's, it's down to you as the deciding vote. I've I've gone for it. Travis has disagreed definitely. So, what are we saying? Agree or disagree for this one, Matt? The choice is on the Arsenal fan. That's why. That's why I laid up for you. <laughs> oh, so if I disagree, what we can push them higher? Yeah. Well, we have to push them higher, or, or we can okay. omit them from the whole list, which would be embarrassing because they've got you know a good what? list. I, I appreciate the fact you put them in fifth. And Travis, listen, this is a North London bond, mate. <laughs> listen, I think, you know what? They have to be higher. Oh, I, love, higher? I love it, Matt. I love that. I just, like, so they're cool. just... Yeah. World's most reasonable Arsenal fan. Right I love it. <laughs> they don't come which around is... that often, Travis. I'm glad that often, which is good. I'm glad to hear that. I think they're just about... Yeah, great point, but I think they just have to be higher. You need to, there's one thing you need to know about our podcast, Matt. We will throw a curveball in there every now and then to make sure the guests are listening. And I'm like, oh yeah, just keep your mints on Kane. Yeah. Now you woke up and you chose violence today, Travis. So you got your corner really well, and Matt's backed you on there. So looks like I'm gonna have to pick a number, another number five. And for me to pick another number five, I'm gonna go for Manchester United, and I'm gonna go for a Manchester United strike partnership, which. I think there's three of them I want to put on there, but this one definitely has to be on there for the early, uh, early success Rex Ferguson had. I'm going to go for Eric Cantona and Andy Cole. No, 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 no I can't. Oh. I can't go for. I can't go for. Oh, I, go for oh, Eric I was going to say you nearly slipped up then. I can't go, I can't go for that. 
I don't know what I can do. I you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. Sergio Aguero, David Silva. Done. I've washed my hands with Man City. <laughs> Number five. There, there's Man United ones I want in the top, so I can't have Man City above me for a few of them. So Aguero and David Silva were one of the most lethal partnerships in Premier League history. They did so much between them. 244 mm. Premier League goals between them. Only Son and Kane and Lampard and um, Drogba actually got more goals combined between them as well. And the trophies they won together were incredible. Unfortunately for both those Man City legends, they were too early to leave the party for Man City before they actually won the treble. Um, but yeah, I'm putting Aguero and Silva at number five there for um, our top 10 list respectively. Travis, talk to me about Sergio Aguero and what he was as a lethal striker playing against some of the best teams in world football, but making every team in the Premier League look like a second-rate team. And I, yes, I do mean that against Man United, against Liverpool, Arsenal and Tottenham because he did that to us time and time again. Yeah, Aguero, when he came to the Premier League, that was really when I, you know, I think I was uh, 11, 12 when Aguero joined the Premier League. So that was when I really started to pay attention to football. And he was the first striker, I remember, that just struck fear into my heart every time I watched him play, um, especially as a Spurs fan, because I'm sure Man City fans won't need me to tell them that he had an excellent record against Tottenham. He used to score pretty much every game he played against us. Um, he, he was just phenomenal. And I think um, that combination with Silva over so many years as well, the longevity both of them had, despite them both having injury problems, um, fantastic fantastic duo I'm glad that they're in there to be fair nah it's good to hear as well and um, Matt talk to us about David Silva about how he's one of the best Spanish players ever to play in Premier League football in Premier League history because there was a time when Spanish players would come over to England and they wouldn't really settle well then the likes of Cesc Fabregas would come over Fernando Torres would come over then David Silva over to a new Manchester a new look Manchester City how was that watching David Silva kind of thrive in Premier League football for a good number of years um, as well well when he wasn't playing against my team it was good Glorious, <laughs> but he he absolutely ripped us up at times. And I think what was so special about him, when you watch them players that they seem like they have so much time on the ball, even in a tight space, you just think, oh my God, like he would get the ball in midfield and he wouldn't even sprint away. He would do that little, just turn you 360 <laughs> and then he's gone. And then the three balls were perfect. His finishing was quality. And yeah, they complement each other so well. And I, I remember when when he was um, going Sociedad, I was like, oh, fine, he's out of it. But they replaced him for. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but they replaced him again with someone else anyway. So, but no, he was absolutely phenomenal. Probably one, yeah, one of the best of all time in the Prem. So just to confirm, at number five, who did we have, Travis? Uh, Aguero and Silva, number five. Aguero and Silva, yeah. definitely number five. You, you sure you don't want Son and Kane at number five? Are you sure? Definitely not, definitely not. Just a little personal note on Silva, by the way. It's just occurred to me. Um, I remember a few years ago, obviously I'm local to Stoke. and Don't uh, tell me you met him in Manchester or something. No, 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 <laughs> nothing, nothing daft like that, no. Um, you need I to went... tell Matt about the story when you met Pep as well, by the way. Have a little internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, Let, yeah, yeah, I'll, both I'll tell you about that at the end. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the, the Silva one, though, um, like I say, I've obviously got quite a few mates who are Stoke fans and stuff so I go to the Stoke games every now and again and um, I went to a Stoke game against Man City actually um, probably about five years or so ago I think it was the not the Centurion season but the season after um, when Silva had the the bald head that, yeah. that was the one mm. um, and I think City won 3-0 and he just absolutely dominated the game in every single in every single way there was not a single player who could get near him and I remember he got subbed off near the end of the game 
and the whole stadium gave him a round of applause. Stoke fans, City fans, all of them. And I think that's a, a mark of a really, really special player when you're playing away at a very hostile ground. You know, it's known for its hostility and you managed to get a standard ovation from that crowd. It's just a brilliant sign of how good he was. Yeah, it goes to show with David Silva, he was kind of loved and appreciated all around in football as well. And when you can ball out like that week in, week out and consistently deliver excellent performances under different managers and different systems, it goes to show how talented David Silva and Sergio Aguero, to his credit, um, really was as well, which is great to see. And um, I think it's happy, to, safe to say that Travis is great is quite happy that Son and Kane are definitely not at number five <laughs> as well, um, which is good fun as well. So what we're going to do now is before we get onto our top four, Travis is going to tell us a story about pe- meeting Pep Guardiola. It's not actually on record. You told me off, you told me off camera. So I need to hear this on camera. Sydney yeah, it's place. so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to clarify something. Didn't meet him, just, just walked past him. But I was in Manchester for... Um, I can't even remember what for, probably a gig or something, I guess. Um, and I was walking just that sort of down the street towards wherever I was going. And I walked past a hotel. Um, and as I walked past the hotel in the opposite direction, a guy came past me and I said to my missus, oh, Jesus, he looks just like Pep Guardiola. And then as he walked past me, I was like, oh my God, that is Pep Guardiola. <laughs> really loud and he looked at me like I was some kind of alien and if I'd have been a bit more cool and collected in that circumstance I probably could have got a photo with him Um, but yeah I just absolutely just lost my cool completely which is a bit embarrassing really so thanks for bringing that one up on the podcast I appreciate that well I guess who we've got next week as a guest (laughs) can you imagine can you imagine yeah, oh, that's crazy. It's like when Pep Guardiola got a speeding ticket or a fine or something on his car recently. And then the guy asked him for a photo. I was like, no, I'm not giving you a photo at all. <laughs> yeah. Pep's just an odd one in that way, which is crazy. Matt, have you got any funny stories of meeting former or professional managers or former players at all? You know what? I haven't, I wouldn't say funny story, but I remember I, um, who was it now? I think there was, there was a time I was at work and I met, uh, they did the football fives thing. I don't know if you guys remember that thing in, in uh, Greenwich, the O2. Mm. And all these players were coming through and the same kind of thing like Travis. I saw a guy come through curly hair. And I was like, that guy looks familiar. And it's only when I looked down, I see it was a uh, Carlos Puyol with a couple of the bars of Spain. I was like, no Why way. did I not just, you know, we just realised oh, that. Damn, man, I, I, I can't go to it now. Oh, my God. I was like, what is... Oh, it's, it's a weird oh, one because you want to go, but like, if I run after them and I look like such a beg, let me just not do it. I'm trying to hold all composure, <laughs> but yeah, it's gone already. But yeah, I saw a couple of them. But yeah, it was quite good. So a lot of people there. Robert Perez got a picture of him, actually, which was quite nice. Nice you have to send us that for the edit when you clip it up that would be good fun as well to see but um now i'm going to change the 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 bit of it slightly as well we've got our top five which is perfectly fine no we've got our top five done like 10 9 8 7 6 5 so we've got Mm -hmm. an agreed six now we've got a top four where we have to agree on every single one in every single position so now this is where the proper debate starts so this like I said, difficult. I've got I've got five that need to go. I've got five that need to go into four, um, basically. So that's why I was being polite oh, with keeping man. Son and Kane at, at five because I've got five that need to go into four. Matthew, I already know, has three that need to get into this one definitely. And Travis, I think if you're happy with Son and Kane being top, you'll be happy. But I don't think I'm going to let that happen. So um, let's start off with a joint collective of number four. So 
Let's go through some of the lists. I'm going to go through, I'm going to go straight to Arsenal for this one because there's a partnership I really want in here, um, but it's kind of compromising. So I'm going to mention the names and I'm going to mention two partnerships, Matt. So let me hear your thoughts. We've got Ian Wright and we've got Dennis Burkham, but we've also got Thierry Henry and Dennis Burkham. But how do you leave out Ian Wright in this list? Because we've already used Nicholas Anelka and Mark Overmars as well. So yeah. let's, say your th- let's say your thoughts on what you're thinking of going for an Arsenal top four partnership for this one. Or are you going to choose like Ozil and um, Sanchez or something like that? Or Walcott and Giroud? Also quite good. Also quite good. Uh, very good. They were very good. You know were. what? I feel like uh, so hard because Dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright had such a great, you know, it wasn't just like on the pitch, it was off the pitch as well. And you can just tell like they just really got on and honestly, the way they complement each other well, Dennis Bergkamp, the three balls, Ian Wright's finishing. And with Ian Wright, what I used to love, he had that, that street player type actually like someone like the way they played when they're in the park you know I mean he wasn't glamorous with it but put him in front of goal dink left foot right foot anything like that so it's tough but I just can't go against the King Henri and Dennis Bergkamp just really can't them two I'm talking like okay they let us down in Europe a few times Dennis Bergkamp couldn't travel if I don't know if every you guys time remember, really the non-flying Dutchman yeah. Do you remember that until, I don't know if you guys remember, we played at Wembley briefly a few times and um, that's when Dennis Bergkamp was playing. We used to call it the home away game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Spurs did once upon a time as well. But I just, you can't just go, I can't leave Henri out. He's got to be Henri and Bergkamp for me. As much as I love Ian Wright, big B, and he made me support Arsenal. Let me just say that as well. He's the reason why I started supporting Arsenal. But see Henri, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I really can't very difficult with this one because with this one I want to put them I'll be blunt with uh, with everyone I want to put them in my top two uh, that's how I think that's how I think Henri uh, and Burkamp go but it's just about oh. I'm going to leave Travis what we'll do is we'll be a bit we'll be a bit sneaky we'll let Matthew decide which partnership he wants in a joint one because I'm 100% for Burkamp on Henri I'm 50% for Ian Wright and Dennis Burkamp so if he wants to go against his childhood hero do you want to back me on that one Travis and, oh, and then Mago, oh, oh I'm <sighs> I mean, I'm hearing his heartbreak as we speak. I certain. <laughs> I, I think that you. I feel like with any top ten list when it comes to strikers, it doesn't matter what list it is. Henri's in there, and I think to, now you know why I left this list to just one yeah, player per partnership mm, because we're going to leave so well, many. Yeah, out. yeah, you're not wrong. As good as Ian Wright was, and obviously mm. he was unbelievable you know Matt mentioned it's the reason why he supports Arsenal I'm sure there's probably thousands of Arsenal fans who would say exactly the same thing Mm. but it's Henri man Thierry Henri probably the best player who's ever played in this league Mm -hmm. or at least one of the top sort of three or four I feel like you can't not have Henri and Bergkamp I'm keeping with Henri and Bergkamp, but Matt, the, the choice is yours. You're going to have to literally go left. Uh, right yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide, Matt. Throw oh, thank you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> it means that they're guaranteed in the top four. That's all I'm saying, though. So it's, it's pretty oh. good. Do you know what? It's, yeah, I love Ian Wright. I really, really do. And I'm letting all the Arsenal fans know that love is there. Yeah, he's the reason why I started supporting him. But you can't go against Henri. I think, yeah, Henri Bergkamp, like, it just has to has to be really has to be. yeah I'm gonna go with that I'm sticking with it my heart's hurting Henri Bergkamp yeah. right so they're, they're staying in our list that's non-negotiable yeah. they're, they're, they're locked in 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I've got three partnerships I want to get in. Definitely. There's two honorable mentions, which I'll mention now just because I want to mention them, but I don't think they're going to make it into the top four. Um, one of them, honorable mention is Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez for Leicester City. Yeah. Great shout. Yeah. They were, they flipped the Premier League upside down, literally from being yeah. relegation candidates to being the best team in England, the best team yeah. In the Premier League, for Leicester City, best team in the Premier League, that was unheard of at the time. And Travis mm-hmm. has spoken glowingly about Riyad Mahrez in the past as well. But let me hear your thoughts on Jamie Vardy. Because again, we're not going to get them in the list unless you two want to overhaul this list for me. What are you thinking, Travis? Mm-hmm. Nah, I think um, I think you're right. I think an honourable mention is, is very fair. But to put them in, especially in the top four, you'd have to be leaving out a pretty special... Um, you know, more long-term partnership mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, v- Vardy, I think it's funny that we speak about him now after we've just spoke about Ian Wright. I feel like he almost had a similar kind of yeah. vibe to Ian Wright, like that street footballer who wasn't really the same as the other players around him at the time. And he's just an absolute maverick, going for, Vardy, going a throwback from, as well. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but both coming from non-league football as well and starting mm. their career late and then going straight into the Premier League and both becoming... Uh, golden boot winners as well top scorers mm. in their respective league which is crazy mm-hmm. golden boot in 2020 for Jamie Vardy which was Man. insane and mm. Jamie Vardy scoring 136 goals in the Premier League one Premier League title one FA Cup for Leicester City if that is doesn't epitomise a great strike I don't know what does and he's still doing mm. it for Leicester in the Championship which is insane but um, Matt final decision for you are we sticking with Jamie Vardy and Mares out for the time being or do you want to try and claw them back into the top four somehow Nah, I think I think with you guys, I think notable mention. Obviously, we've got to mention that. Listen, they were great in the <clears throat> the run to that title. Like it was just phenomenal. I think for all of us, like watching Leicester, we kept thinking we're going to slip up that season, thinking are they going to lose now? And they just kept doing it. Finally, I thought we they were going to slip up when they lost to Arsenal that time, and Danny Welbeck scored that last minute goal at the Emirates. I thought so, that was the time. So did I. So did I. <laughs> um, but yeah, listen, they, no, they were phenomenal and. Big up to Leicester for that, you know what I mean? I don't think we're going to see anything like that again, like, for a long, long, long time. But, mm. yeah, noble mention, but they won't be in the um, top four or five for us. No way. <laughs> and by the way, people thinking Newcastle United can do a Leicester. Leicester City never had a state-owned back ownership, so that can never mm. be the case um, with yes. Newcastle United. Um, yeah, one one combination i got to get in, just for the sake of getting in, is Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo, because... Um, realistically speaking they won the free peat for Manchester United in a time where I personally think this was when Premier League football was at its biggest and its best when you had four teams always competing for a league title every season for a good nine, ten years until like April time respectively there were times when it'd be a three horse race or a four horse race and you still remember the Sky Sports graphics and the BBC graphics now when it's just Man City and everyone else it's not as exciting like even when we lost the league to Arsenal in the invincible season, it was an exciting season. Nevertheless, Rio Ferdinand getting his ban, um, seeing Henri just kill it against everyone, which is insane. Then Mourinho came in and took over. But when Mourinho came in and took over, we signed a young uh, striker from Everton called Wayne Rooney. And it took him a couple of years to develop a partnership with a, another young attacking player called Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's when Manchester United, for me, under that focus, were at their very, very best. That 2007, 2008, 2009 era was when they just killed it in the Premier League. They did so much together, scoring 311 Premier League goals mm-hmm. between them. They won the Champions League, they won the Club World Cup, they won three Premier Leagues, two FA Cups and a commu- two Community Shields as well. 
And this is a good one by Travis as well. Travis found the stat, which is great to see. So I'm going to mention it. Um, the first pair of teammates aged 21 and under to each score 20 plus goals in oh, one Premier League campaign, which is 2006, respectively. Do you, know, do you know what was interesting? What was interesting was how I found out that fact. Um, it was actually um, an article talking about a different pair who were the second ones to do it more mm. recently. Can either of you guess who it was? More recently? Yeah, more very recently. Harlan and Foden. Nope. Yeah. Oh, was it twenty? Was it twenty? Uh, think it was it twenty goal contributions? Yeah, twenty plus it, goal contributions. Twenty or more goal contributions in one Premier League campaign. Ooh. Saka Martinelli. Each, each of them. Saka Martinelli. Yeah, that's right. Oh, come nice on. Yeah, yes. yeah. So the, the the article was actually about them too. Saka Martinelli. It said they're the second uh, partnership to to do this since. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rooney Ronaldo, which I thought was quite interesting. I'm not going to, as an Arsenal fan, I'm so glad I got that right. <laughs> These people are going to be watching it like, how do you not know that? There's yeah, never was... going to be a Man United one. We have old, we have old strikers all the time as well. Besides yeah, was, this season, I was waiting for you to click. It was never going to be Kane and Son either. <laughs> It'll be Garnacho and Hoyle in the season. Watch mark my words, everyone. <laughs> It won't, it won't, it won't. It will, it won't. It would definitely will. It won't. Um, but yeah, Rooney and Ronaldo have to be in my top four. Um, I think for me, it's a non-negotiable because of what they've achieved together, what they both went on to achieve in the game as well. But as we're not discussing what they've already done in the game, respectively, they need to be in the top four. Um, but yeah, Travis, what's your thoughts on Rooney and Ronaldo? Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, they 100% have to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at this now and, oh, yeah, there is going to be a big, big duo missing out in one way or another, isn't there? I, I mean, think I'm there's two. At... There's two of the Ian Wright one already out as well. So Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at, yeah, those two partnerships definitely have to be in there. We've mentioned Kane and Son already who, uh, you know, if they're not in there, I'll never be on the podcast ever again. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's um, okay. Matt, then, will, yeah. Matt will replace you as well as, 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 a, as a co-host as well. He'll pretend yeah, to be a Spurs fan as well. <laughs> to, to me now. What do you mean in it? You, how could you do that to yourself, Trav? Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, listen, I'll do it. I'll do it. Nah. I'll get you a Spurs shirt just in case. Actually, I need no. toilet paper and a flat. Yeah, to, to me now, just coming back to the point about the partnerships, I, I think there's three that I'm thinking of that, you know, somehow we've got a cut two of them loose but so I'll, just, I'll, let just, you, I'll let you continue so, so yeah um, Henri and Burkamp they're staying in Rooney and Ronaldo they're staying in um, Kane and Son Travis kind of wants them in I'm still they are, I'm sorry they are <laughs> non-negotiable 100% in there with the two records I, I mean, that they hold I mean Matt no, and I can throw them out Matt and I can throw them yeah. out for sabotage oh, but we're serious. leaving out you know what I'm looking at my list here and they're still no nah, this is crazy my next Go my on, next on, one, on. no, my next one is like they. I feel like they need to be in, but I don't mind if they're not in. And I'll be blunt with you, Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard. I don't mind if they're not in. Like mm. it's one of those things because they they, they'd be they'd be the first ones I'd leave out. I'm going to say it. I'm yeah, let, say let's it. let's do it. Let's leave. Let's yeah. leave out. Drogba's Matt, overrated. I'm going to say it. He's not. It's yeah. definitely not overrated, Ooh. but. He could have been on this list, but I think we weren't very kind with Chelsea on this list as well. So mm. Don't mind it at all. I mean, Berbatov and Keane are on this list, but Drogba and Lampard aren't. So it's going to be funny when we, when we watch this back. <laughs> oh, when we listen back to it as well, it's going to be very funny. Collie Moore and Fowler, yeah. And we may not see a couple of Arsenal Cup partnerships as well. That's going to be crazy. Oh, that's oh, Matt, Matt, talk to me. Um, who, who are you thinking of definitely keeping on this list? Because there's still at least one more Man United partnership I need to keep on this list. 
I think so, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, listen, that that partnership there, I'll like, talk about it now. I think you can call, like, no doubt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not even just what they did in Premier League. You look what they did in Europe, European football as well. The combo, I think we can go back to that Barca goal. We all know, we all Insane. said the little leave it, comfort, like, honestly. I think them two, the, the, the telepathy with them was just absolutely unbelievable. And I think how they were just different. Like, we all used to have the collar up, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm, gonna be like, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I used to go to school and I used to do that at school. And they'd be like, I'd be like, no, York does it. <laughs> you know, I always I mean? used but, to buy Yorkie bars because of Dwight yeah, York as well. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> needed but to no, be done. They, no, they were, they were phenomenal. And, you know, and they were part of like a great United team then as well. So mm. listen, they speak for themselves, them too. Like I'm sure everyone that watches this will be like, yeah, I agree with that. Nicely done um, there. So um, mm-hmm. this is before Travis's time, but I'm, t- I'm sticking with Dwight York and Andy Cole in this one as well. I mean, they scored mm-hmm. 53 goals between them in all competitions in the mm-hmm. treble winning season in 1999. 310 Premier League goals between them in just under 800 appearances Crazy. combined. One Premier League, three, no, three Premier Leagues, one Champions League and one FA Cup between mm-hmm. the three of them respectively as well. So it goes to show even after they won the treble, they still won two league titles in a row. So they did the original three-peat uh, for Manchester United, which was insane. So York and Cole, Henri and Burkamp, Ronaldo, Rooney. I've and are you one. sure you want Kane and Son in this one, Travis? Are you sure? I feel like at this point, you just winded me up. <laughs> we've, got, we've not got, we've not got Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane in this one. That's the they, one that I they was were the, Yeah, they were yeah. the only other, earlier when I said there's three to fit into one space, it was, uh, you know, uh, York and Cole, Lampard and Drogba, and then Salah and Mane. Mm. They were the three partnerships I was thinking of. But mm. as a avid Liverpool hater, I'm very, <laughs> very happy to admit Salah and Mane, especially as a well. Salah hater as well. Why do you hate Salah? Mm, too good. <laughs> <laughs> He's too good for her. That's yeah, always tough. scores against Tottenham as well. I hate players that always score against us, funnily enough. <laughs> I, I was I was listening to the Athletic podcast recently and they were like, oh, there, there's something as success fatigue. I was like, what's success? And the guy's like, what's success fatigue? And it's like, it's when a player is too good, you just forget about him week in, week out and you just see his name on the score sheet and you're just like, oh, yeah, it's happened again. So <laughs> when you see Brighton losing 2-1 at the time, it's Mohamed Salah scoring twice. You're just like, yeah, it's got success yeah. fatigue as well. And I'm afraid that could happen with Erling Haaland going forward as well but mm. Erling Haaland was also on my list as well Erling Haaland and Phil Foden or Erling Haaland and Jack Grealish they were both on my list because they were both or De Bruyne mm. or De Bruyne as well but I think with last season De Bruyne played a lot deeper than he normally did respectively mm. so I, d- I don't mind leaving that one out as well but I think if we are going to be us free we are going to be us free and we're not going to be football pundits or football podcasts <laughs> we, we do have Two Man United ones, an Arsenal one, and a Spurs one, and I I am quite happy with that one. To be fair with you, so I don't mind whoever we've left out. Honourable mentions, I don't mind keeping them out. What are you thinking, Travis? Agree yeah, with? I'm I, I, with the four that we've decided are going to fit into these four spaces. Somehow, I'm happy with. Mm. Um, what I'm less happy with is what's going to come immediately after this because I know for a fact that both of you two are going to want to put Kane and Son in fourth. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I mean, they are yeah. they are I'll statistically be... high in what they've done as well. They have broken history, yeah. so you never know what, what we've got lined up. I mean, I'll end up being outnumbered, obviously, but for me, if they're not number two or higher, I'm really, really going to be upset with myself for <laughs> allowing that to happen. But obviously, that's the, the beauty of the being three of us. I could be outnumbered. I need Sucky here, really. Can he jump on late? 
Tell him to stop working and come on to the podcast. <laughs> Message him now and tell him to come on. Suki's our other <laughs> uh, resident Spurs fan as well. I'm glad Salim is not. He would have put an Aston Villa podcast. Um, I'd Bon Lahore and Darren. I'd Bon Lahore and John Carew. <laughs> oh. Yeah, John Carew up front. Like, no way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave us be one Pablo Angel. Put Ollie Watkins oh, up front. Yeah. Jack yeah, Ollie Watkins and Phil Foden. Uh, Phil Foden? Uh, I don't even know who I was trying to say that. Ollie Watkins and Philip Coutinho. Philip Coutinho, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just before we go into our top four, because that's decided, that's confirmed now, we're going to debate that in a second. Um, now's the time for both Matt, my, uh, myself and Travis to discuss our honourable mentions and to give myself a break and to get some water in this little time. Matthew, go first with some honourable mentions that you thought of that mm-hmm. didn't make the list. So I've got uh, Ida Goodjonsson and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I think that one at that time as well, Chelsea... They were kind of playing a nice brand of football. And listen, that combination you had, Good Jonsson was just slick with it. He wasn't the Berbatov level in terms of touch and everything, but he was still a bit graceful, scored important goals for them. And Jimmy Ford Hasselbank just had one of the hardest right foots I've ever seen. <laughs> like, blast the ball from anywhere, just like top bins or whatever. Just like Travis as well. <laughs> so, no, that was one for me. I've also got down here. Uh, Beardsley Cole but obviously because of the, the rule I couldn't mention that didn't want to kill it for us um, it would have been a, it would have been a very centred Man United and Arsenal yeah. and a Man City one if there was no rule on this one as well so I, and, I needed and to do it and one going back I'd, again I don't know if Travis Rush and Dalglish I think Ra- Rush and Dalglish was Ian Rush was just f- goal scoring wise absolute phenomenal Dalglish spoke for himself you know what Liverpool fans talking about Dalglish and they were phenomenal in, um, I can't remember exact year, but there was one season they were just phenomenal. Just assist goals and what they brought to Anfield at the time. I remember I was watching some of the games and even some of the stuff people were saying back then, just clinical two players. Mm. Um, Phillips, do we mention Phillips and Quinn? We mentioned it before recording, so you can mention it now. Go yeah, ahead. do you know what? That one, it was just like Sunderland come up and I was like, what's this? And now Quinn wasn't even fast, but he used to flick on and you just find that Phillips just always got the ball from the flick on. And for him to score, what, 30 goals in that season as well, player from Sunderland, it's a great feat. Absolute great European feat. European golden boot as well, wasn't it, that season? You know what I mean? So, crazy. No, absolutely crazy. So, yeah, that one as well. Uh, I think that was, yeah, I think other than that, that was it. We've done all the, I don't know, but I did have uh, Mara's and Vida, but obviously we've spoken about that already. Nicely done, everyone. Um, Travis, your turn. And do you have any Stoke City honourable mentions in your honourable <laughs> mentions, Travis? <laughs> um, Stoke City had struggle. Um, we were struggling before as well. We were like, yeah. Walters and Crouch, is that a thing? Yeah, but... And Wynn Jones? Think, yeah, yeah, Crouch hmm. and Walters played together quite a lot. I think you'd be looking at like, Bojan and Arnautovic probably would be the big one. Mm, those those are the ones that the Stoke fans love. Mm-hmm. But um, the other ones that came to mind for me, honourable mentions, were... One of them is a bit of a like a streets won't forget one. Denver Bar and Papis Cisse at Newcastle, Ooh, excellent one, which was uh, yeah, brilliant combination. Of course, um, again, similar to like Suarez and Storage burned very brightly, but very briefly for mm-hmm. only about a season or so. But that was a really good one. Um, one that we've not made a note of that I did want to mention um, as a Spurs one that not many people will know about actually is Peter Crouch. And Raphael van der Vaart. Um, again, van der Vaart was only with us for two seasons, I think. Mm. But the partnership they struck up was mm. just absolute dynamite. I mean, van der Vaart is, Hamza will tell you, van der Vaart's my favourite Tottenham player 
of all time. And I think Ooh. probably for you, as long you, as... You need to wear your Van der Vaart shirt on the pod more often. Travis, <laughs> yeah, so I do. I really see. do. I've got two, actually. I've got a um, the Ajax one that I've showed you. And I've mm-hmm. also got a, uh, a Holland one as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Nice um, But yeah, he's, he was just dynamite. And the, mm-hmm. the, the partnership with Crouch just worked so well. The amount of mm-hmm. times that you'd see a ball played into the area, Crouch would knock it down for Van der Vaart. Just <laughs> used to happen consistently, really, really yeah. consistently. I think, uh, like I say, that's one not many people will know too much about other than the Spurs fans, really. The fact that that was your partnership when you got into Champions League football under Harry Redknapp, that's why it's got a big place in your heart, mm. I think, Travis, as well, because that's when Peter's Crouch scored against um, Man City to qualify you for Europe and then the season yeah. afterwards, Van der Vaart that was the the season afterwards was when Bale was coming through as a left winger and that's when yeah. you had that amazing game against Inter Milan away when you're down to 10 men and then Peter Crouch then got sent off against Real Madrid yeah in the um, quarter final yeah we final got beat well. 5-0 on aggregate I think mm. which was when Modric Bale and Ronaldo shared the pitch again after yeah. when Bale and Modric were at Spurs and Ronaldo was at Man United so they he ended did, up um, he did sort of uh, make up for it before getting sent off though the round of 16 he scored the winning goal against AC Milan which put us mm-hmm. through so mm. not all bad for Crouchy shout out mm-hmm. Gennaro Gattuso and Joe Jordan yeah <laughs> didn't remember the Crouch goal yeah. but I remember yeah. that after the <laughs> time as well which is insane yeah, Aaron Lennon assist that was that, that yeah. goal yeah underrated player he was Aaron Lennon great winger as well still think he's better than Theo Walcott that's Matt another podcast underrated players in the Premier League oh Matt, yeah. Matt will be joining us for top 10 what could we do? Top 10 underrated players. Yeah. Ooh. Could do. Or underrated draft. An underrated draft would be good. Oh, that would be a really that good one. Yeah. But then yeah. you'll have people yeah. arguing saying, no, he's not overrated. He's underrated. He's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. How, maybe we have to do our own teams and see how it mm. goes from there. Um, couple honourable mentions for me. You mentioned Peter Crouch, but Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe, um, I really did like that partnership at Portsmouth more than I did at Tottenham Hotspur, respectively. Yeah. Portsmouth then got into Europe, remember, as well, when they ended up mm. selling their players. And, um, Kevin prince Boateng recently spoke about that as well on the Rio Ferdinand podcast, which was kind of great to hear that Portsmouth were once mm. in European football Crazy. Um, as well. So just, a quick, so just a quick funny thing about that, Portsmouth. You know, we were talking about funny stories. I, I was in university in Portsmouth at the time when they were making this European competition. Mm. And I was at the, at the cash machine. I'm just there to do my thing. I just look back and I had, I see Bobby Diop, uh, no Pamaro, Tottenham guy. I'm just looking, I said, huh? And then They're people like, here. yeah, you people like, it's such a small place. They just roam around here. I know I'm not used to that in London. I was like, Hey, you're right. You're, and they're like, yeah, you. you. And it, it literally every other day, I kept seeing them like I was their best friend. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was funny times, man. Miss Portsmouth, Miss Portsmouth. Have you not got them back on um, for a podcast? The Spurs player. Uh, no, uh, listen, I don't want to get no no Pamaro and all of that. Nothing to the Spurs of me. I'm true Guna here. You know. You said you could have replaced Travis earlier on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. Um, Fernando Torres Dirk Cow um, for Liverpool Football Club though, when they were challenging for the title they were really good in that season as well. Cow ended up moving from a striker to a right winger as well and that was a constant with Gerrard and Torres and Cow as a as an axis but I thought let's leave out Steven Gerrard because I don't particularly like him very much as well. Um, Erling Haaland Phil Foden I've mentioned before Erling Haaland is going to be in there. Romelu Lukaku and Gerard De La Fe was a big one at Everton. I quite like that. He also had struck up a partnership with Kevin Morales but I think De La Fe played more games in that season mm under Roberto Martinez as well. You mentioned Andy Cole and Peter Beardsley. We mentioned um, Aguero, but Aguero with Dzeko was a big one. Aguero with Tevez was a big one. 
Tevez with Adebayo was also a big one as well mm. with Manchester City when they first came into money, getting these two new strikers um, coming in from both clubs, Arsenal and Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United respectively, which was big to see. And I could go on all day about Wayne Rooney and his partnerships with Van Nistelrooy, with Louis mm. Saha, even with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, to be fair, it's pretty mm. good. And one big one was Robin Van Persie, but Robin Van Persie, unfortunately, doesn't make our list for our top four. So, those are the kind of honourable mentions I had for me. Odin Ningalo and, and Troy Deeney. I quite like that one. The personal one from Watford, mm-hmm. um, which is good fun. But now it's time. It's time we've had our little um, intermission. Now it's time to go into the real debate of who are in the top four Premier League strike partnerships of all time. And Erling Haaland isn't making the list, so I'm looking forward to this one. So <laughs> based on pure strike partnerships, it's crazy. Travis, start us off. Where do you think we should go for number four? We, you know what we've got left, so where do you think we should go? It's really, really tough at this point, doesn't it? All I'm saying is friendships are going to be tested now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, ah, that almost feels criminal to put any of them in at number four. It really, really does. Um, I would say, simply because they're the partnership that I've watched the least of, so I'm least qualified to talk about them, I'd say York and Cole at number four I'd have to say that that can't run that can't run <laughs> I can't allow that <laughs> you can't you can't win a treble you can't win a free P and you can't be unbeaten in a season of winner Premier League and be fourth in this list to a partnership where they did amazing for so many years had an amazing manager working with them but unfortunately have nothing to show for it they have nothing mm-hmm. besides the stats to show for it as well because I just I just can't see Cole and York being fourth in this one. I really can't. It's very difficult. Matt, any any pushback from you? What are we thinking for this one? So fourth for me, and um, I'm sorry, Travis. <laughs> it's like it, the chase now, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what? I just look at the other three, and I just think just that much better. And I, I, I you know, go back to what you were saying about trophies. You know, unfortunately, they didn't win. You know. Uh, anything much at all, Son and Kane. So anything, anything, yeah. You know, I'm trying to give them a bit of credit. Um, but no, they, I think they were a quality combination. But yeah, I just think the other three are just that much better. And and that's not Arsenal bias. Just so everyone watching doesn't think that. <laughs> I, just, I just think honestly, I just think the other three were just phenomenal. And like Travis said, I, it's hard. It's so difficult this one. But I would go yeah, Son and Kane in fourth for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that with Son and Kane being being fourth on this one as well. And no disrespect to them at all. Honestly, they've been incredible the last six years of having a partnership as well. And honestly, this season when Kane's gone, it still feels weird watching Spurs without Kane. But in a way, Spurs are playing a lot better football without Harry yeah. Kane as well. So hopefully he ends up getting something for England to go for, for his mm-hmm. England, becoming all time, England's all-time top goal scorer. And hopefully you get something with Bayern Munich and potentially even comes back to the Premier League. But mm. it's not looking like the case, unfortunately, for Harry Kane to be higher than number four in this list with Human Son. But uh, Travis, your parting word for Human Son and, and Harry Kane for this one. Let me hear it. Yeah, look, it's, it's a really difficult stance to take to try and say that a partnership that never won a trophy um, should sit above three partnerships that all have won the Premier League and two of them will win the Champions League as well. Um the way I was looking at the list was not necessarily off achievements, but the uh, not even necessarily the overall sort of aggregate footballing ability of the duo, but I was looking at it purely off 
the duo themselves and how well they clicked and worked together. Mm. And the, the the reason I would have put Kane and Son number one is I think the proof's in the pudding with those stats. But it's fair enough. If you are going to factor in, you know, trophies and overall team success, then yeah, there's not really much else I can I can say to to defend them. So yeah. Son and Kane at number four. So this is where I'm going to throw in a curveball for everyone. So I'm going to let you all hear my thoughts on this one. As much as I think the 2008 team is one of the best teams um, we've ever seen in the Premier League from Man United's point of view, I will happily concede Rooney and Ronaldo being set, uh, being third on this list. Ooh. If it meant Cole and York go one and Henri and Burkhardt go second for being invincible. That's my initial thoughts because... As much as Ronaldo and Rooney won the uh, Premier League Champions League, they won the double in their season. They won a free peat as well. Realistically speaking, Cole and York won the treble. They won that one more with the FA Cup respectively. They've done it at a time where football was a lot more difficult compared to lack of sports science, only three subs allowed, all these difficult things as well, having smaller squads. So it's crazy to see how Cole and York have stood the test of time respectively. Um, as well and people still remember that just Cole and York is a good partnership you can name a restaurant after and would know exactly what it's about which is <laughs> insane but um, that's my initial thought so far so uh, Matt let me hear your thoughts on where we're going with this one. Oh, third oh god um, <clears throat> do you know what I will go with yeah third I'm going to go with um, Ronaldo and Rooney and mm. My thinking behind it is, I know Salah and Mane, I think just Salah and Mane were just, as a combo, absolutely phenomenal as well. And, you know, at the time, you know, Liverpool, I don't think, up to that point, what they had really won. But I think they had a combo. I think they both finished on 22 goals that season. I think they shared the thing with, was it Obama Yang? Uh, that one, three of them? Uh, no, it was, it was Son. It was Son, Obama Son. Yang. Son. That, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, that one. But yeah, I just I just looked at that comment. I think they were phenomenal. Liverpool was scary then as well. <laughs> like that, that front three just absolutely incredible. But yeah, I'll go. Yeah, Rooney, Ronaldo. Again, scary combination. Ronaldo, free kicks. Rooney, that, again, tele, um, telepathy. And then you look at the Champions League, the Porto goal was at uh, the same time as well, that Porto yeah. Thunderbolt. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, that team for me was absolutely terrifying to play against. And yeah, I'll go with that, but I just think the others were just yeah, better than that, I would say. I mean, with the Ronaldo and Rooney partnership that you mentioned, that was in the quarterfinals, that goal against Porto. But yeah. in the semifinals, Man United had the luxury of playing Arsenal for a chance of getting into the Champions League final against Chelsea or Barcelona. And in that second leg, there was another Thunderbolt by Cristiano Ronaldo. That was one of an amazing free kick against Manuel Munia. But there was another very special goal in the counter-attacking goal for Pachi Sung, Ronaldo and Rooney all involved in this. And just remember that vision of Rooney sprinting like half the pitch with the ball, crosses it with his left foot. Then you just see Ronaldo running onto camera, into frame. Bang, just ends the tie at the Emirates, which is insane. You don't want to mention that game. That's why I said Thunderbolt poor, because I just remember how hurt I was that day. I, I cried. I actually did cry. It killed me. I'm wondering why I blame I, I, I blame Kieran Gibbs for that one as well. Slipping for that yeah. Pachi Sango was insane. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. That was at the beginning and end of his Arsenal career. Respectively. That was it. And like, oh yeah, we got the new Ashley Cole. No, you have. Let's <laughs> play for West Brom, respectively. And, and, and um, you went to play for Inter yeah. Miami. Yeah, I saw about Inter Miami. Yeah. When I went to watch yeah. Inter Miami. I saw them play, which was crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Travis, mm. are you happy with? Ronaldo and Rooney at number three in the top 10 strike partnership lists. Um, Would you go higher? Again, I'm going to be outnumbered here. Um, but 
I think. I mean, if you want the, them higher than Henri and Bergkamp, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll support you 100%. <laughs> the, the, the point that we're at with it now is it's pretty much just personal preference, really. Mm. Like, I would have and put, legacy. And legacy. Yeah, I would have put, when we're, when we're talking about these three duos, I would have put Rooney Ronaldo number one. But I can't say you're wrong for thinking York and Cole are number one or you're wrong for thinking Henri and Bergkamp are number one. Yeah. I think at this point they're so close and comparable that there's no right answer. So I would have put them a bit higher. I'd have put them at least number two, if not one, but I'm happy with them at number three. That's okay. So that settles it as Rooney and Ronaldo. Oh boy. <laughs> at number three. The only reason I'm I was happy to concede Rooney and Ronaldo at number three, not just because we're gonna have a fun debate now about who's a number one, was because there was times when Ronaldo was out with injury and Rooney was out with injury. So there would be a Carlos Tevez stepping in. There would be a Berbatov or a Nani mm-hmm. stepping in as well. But with Andy Cole and Dwight York, you'd have Sheringham and Solskjaer on the bench consistently for Premier League games or it'd be Sheringham and Cole or it'd be Sheringham and York. But Solskjaer would always be the constant on the bench as well, um, respectively. So that's what I was like in terms of legacy. You remember Cole and York starting every game, starting the Champions yeah. League final. That last game against Tottenham, Cole scoring an amazing goal to love Andy Walker as well. So, yeah, Matthew, take away with your pitch. This is this is how we're going to do it now. Both of us have to pitch it to Travis because he's going to be the neutral for this one. So, Ooh, okay, go on, Matt. Pitch your Henri and Burkamp to Travis as why as to why they should be the number one. This feels like The Apprentice now. For <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I just think we all know whether you're an Arsenal fan, whatever club you support, not even just Premier League across Europe, like. Burkamp at the clubs he played for, Inter Milan, Ajax, Henri, come from Monaco, came first couple of games, didn't really score any goals. Then from then on, became King Henri, probably like you said, Travis, best Premier League player of all time. Um, and I just think the combination of them two, Dennis Burkamp brought the silkiness, the the touch, the just the gracefulness in the pitch. We'll go back to the Newcastle goal. we never forget. And, you know, let's just slowly go into international as well. Remember them phenomenal goals, the one against, I think it was Argentina, when mm, um, the 98 ball, World Cup now you know what the touch the finish and honestly I, I, I'm not going to lie I was a bit concerned when we first signed him because I was like mm, it's not really doing much come from Inter a bit disappointed but after that invincible period listen we were unstoppable but those were the times where I was no one could talk to me then <laughs> I'm telling you I'd leave my house be like what you want to lose 4 or 5 nil today this team here we're ready for all of you and <laughs> honestly I just felt at that time we were just just and listen, outstanding. I've run out of superlative to mention, but yeah, listen, I know you can call it good and I'm a big good. fan of them. <laughs> no, I'm starting them up there. <laughs> no, listen, I think they're extremely good. And as I said, I back them as one thing. They're a great combination. But I think what Burkamp and Henri were part of was, yeah, phenomenal. But I'm just going to put a little twist on it. I know I'm backing them. I just want to say one little thing. With the players that we had them too, where they lack against York and Cole is a certain European... Uh, Big Ears trophy. Yeah. yeah. And for the quality of player, sometimes you want them players to really just take it by the scruff and they can get you to that level. And there were times when I was a bit like, like, come on, I wanted you know a bit more from that, which is why probably, you know, the other two might just pip it to first. But listen, they were phenomenal. We all saw it, Invincibles, and part of a great team under Arsenal Wenger. All I'm saying is if Henrik Larsson didn't come on as a sub against oh. Arsenal in the Champions League final, 
you would have had your big ears trophy, my friend, because Andres Iniesta came on. Messi was an unused sub, but Henrik Larsson, which I, I always keep banging on about it. He was a cold striker. He came off the bench and he basically made two assists for Barcelona mm. against 10 men Arsenal. Um, and it goes to show that, and they had Robert Pires that was subbed off for the sub goal yeah. as well. But it goes to show that they were nearly there. But unfortunately with Thierry Henry, where you see this video of him all the time at the Bernabeu scoring an amazing solo mm. goal against Real Madrid, the Galactico era as well. Yeah. Ronaldo, Zidane, Beckham, Figo had left for Inter Milan then. So he had Guti, you had Salgado, a young Sergio Ramos, but he couldn't do it in Paris in his home city, his own no, home city, his own country, sorry, he's from Marseille. Um, he couldn't do it against, against them in, in the top level. Andy Cole and Dwight York did it in the semi-finals coming back from a two-goal deficit away from home in Italy at Stadio Aleppi against Prime Zidane. Well, not Prime Zidane's Prime is his whole career. I'm not going to yeah. glorify that anyway. You had Felipe Poe and Zaghi. You had some amazing players in that Juventus side in 1998. Aaron Cole and York were the ones that got us through. You had Andy Cole getting us through in the quarter. It's Sheringham Solskjaer in the FA Cup. And then in the FA Cup first semi-final first leg, it was Andy Cole that was doing it. But... The Premier League, Andy Cole more or less won us the Premier League with how well he did in the fact that we've got Dwight York coming through. He was, I like to say, he's probably my favourite one of one season wonders. He just didn't want to play afterwards. There's a story of when, <laughs> this doesn't help my case, I just love this story. <laughs> there, there, there was a case of when we won the title. So Alex Ferguson was back in his office the next day after winning the title. And then he has Dwight York call him saying, can I have the whole year off to go and celebrate, to go and party? And I'm like, oh my days, Dwight York was that kind of guy. He just wanted to celebrate. He's obviously the best ever player from Trinidad and Tobago, respectively. Um, we could have got Patrick Blyber at the time, but we got Dwight York from Aston Villa. Aston Villa's best ever player. So Salim, if you're listening to this, it's not Agbong Lahore. It's Dwight York. The best ever player. It's definitely not Ollie Watkins. Um, but Andy Cole was a bagsman in the Premier League, former Arsenal striker. If anyone didn't know right. that as well, he used to play for Arsenal, but he couldn't cut it against Ian Wright um, and eventually Nicholas Anelka, respectively. Mm-hmm. But imagine that. Henri and Andy Cole would have been a cold punch. Oh, cold. cold. So, so good. Um, but yeah, Andy Cole struck up a partnership with Eric Cantona at Manchester United. He got a really good partnership with Teddy Sheringham. Didn't like each other personally, but on, on the pitch, they were very good. But the best partnership with Andy Cole was when Dwight York came on and they just ran the show for Man United. It was a mm. party that season all year long. But obviously this is going to uh, Sir Travis Sugar. So now we have to <laughs> see which one of these two will go higher because obviously I'm going to go for Andy Cole and Dwight York being one. They won the treble. They did it in an era which was so difficult to play. And if you watch this David Beckham documentary as well on Netflix, you will see how difficult that treble was and what the players and the mentality were like as well. So mm. that's, there's a little plug for David Beckham as well. But that's my, um, I rest my case, I should say, for Dwight York. <laughs> oh. ah, you're going to want a decision now, aren't you? Um, Unless Matt wants to concede on and Burkamp, then we're all good. Then we're all good. <sighs> I don't think either of us are backing down, I'll be Matt. Do, now, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to, I'm again, because yeah, 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 yeah. And my, one of my good Man United friends is probably watching this as well. I'm going to concede. I am. Interesting. That's very and, interesting. And the reason being is, again, like you said, Travis, I love my club. I love my players. But sometimes I just have to accept when there is <laughs> there is better. And I remember watching, I was obsessed with Champions League football then. I used to watch all these games. And that Juventus game always sticks into my head because I always remember Roy Keane getting a glancing header 
and then getting the club going and then obviously Cole getting his goal and um, sorry, York. And um, I don't know if you remember, this is a weird fact about Juve that I just used to remember. I remember when you used to play at Delhi Alpi, they used to have the stadium and their nets used to feel like they were like, literally they'll go like, like ridiculously long. And I don't know why I remember that. Obviously, you remember this as well. I don't know how I remember it. And I just remember that game vividly. And then the Barcelona one, I'm looking at them two and thinking, these two are too good. I couldn't see anyone that was on that level. And as much as I want to defend Henri and Bergkamp, I personally just have to say, you can call. He had me putting up his collar, putting up my collar at school. So I can see that. Oh, that hurts. Oh. <laughs> So you've uh, you've robbed me there of the opportunity to put my Tottenham bias aside because I was gonna <laughs> say I was gonna say I'm Ryan Burkamp to be honest. Oh, nah, he's I just know. saying that now. He's saying it to no, me. No, 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 genuinely, no. genuinely, genuinely. <laughs> but you, like I said earlier, there's no right or wrong answer, is yeah. there? So I, I'm happy to uh, to finish this off with York and Cole at number one. Nicely done there. And mm-hmm. yeah, just to go through our list to confirm what we've got, we do have a 10 to 1, which when people are list- when people are looking at this, they will look at it and be like, what the hell are these two on or these three on this week? But <laughs> when you listen to it, you will know exactly why I did it mm-hmm. for this reason. So at number 10 for Arsenal, we've got Nicholas Anelka and Mark Overmars. At number nine, we've got Spurs' Dimitar Berbatov and Robbie Keane. At number eight, we've got Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton. And I'm glad I got them in early because they may have been competing for the top four or we would have just mm-hmm. left them out. Um, at number seven, we've got Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge for Liverpool. Then we're back to back with Liverpool with Stan Collymore and Robbie Fowler. At number five, we've got Sergio Aguero. And of all the players he played with, we're going to stick with the David Silva link, which is pretty good. Then we come into the debatable top four where we've got Son Heung-min and Harry Kane for Tottenham Hotspur respectively. Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney got to number three. Number two was Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. And I'm going to have to make sure I get rid of my IP address from the internet so Arsenal fans don't come <laughs> and hunt me down. Because at number one, we've got Andy Cole and Dwight York. So that is a that is probably the most respectful list I can find if we're talking about objectivity mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from that point of view. Because there's like, like we mentioned, all the honourable mentions. I was going... I, in my original top 10 list... Mm-hmm. Vardy and Mares were five. So, mm. yeah, this was... This five? Five. Wow. Remember, we normally do individual lists, but I was like, nah, yeah. um, we've got to mix it up somehow. And we did, mm. but because of that one season of what they did, I was like, they were they were five. Yeah. Um, they weren't in mine. How dare you? Because <laughs> they beat Spurs to the title. Was that <laughs> now, do you know what the funny thing is as well? When I did mine, I... I made a rule for myself that I was only going to put partnerships in there that I'd actually sort of watch with my own two eyes. So Mm. I had no York and Cole, I had Mm. no Shearer and Sutton, a couple of other big ones. So Mm. yeah, even without those big ones, uh, Phillips and Quinn was another one. that. uh, So you didn't watch Mahrez and Vardy then? No, I did. But my point was I had less of a a choice and I still didn't pick them. I bet you put John Waters and Peter Crouch in there. No, I had um, I had uh, Denver Bar and Papacy saying at number ten instead of Vardy and uh, and Mares, but yeah, That's still a good one though. That's a, yeah, that's really a nice one. one. That was a good yeah. shout from you, Travis. For yeah, I enjoy that one. That was a nice one as well. So, um, yeah, before we wrap up this week's podcast, everyone, thank you very much for listening. It's been great. Now the onus is on Matt because Matt's been our special guest, and we'd love to have you back on the podcast and on our live streams going forward this yeah. season, which would be great. Um, choice is yours my friend what are we going to do a top 10 list or a draft on next time 
We'll discuss it live before we uh, wrap up this one because I want to hear your thoughts, Matt. What can we do next time? Because this was a great debate. Do you know what? I, I like the underrated one and because it kind of links in with, I think Travis mentioned earlier, that the streets don't never forget. So, you mm. know, when you're chucking a player, and I'm just chucking a random one now, but you know someone mentioned like Tarap. you like, oh my God, well, remember what he did in that? So I think that one underrated because I've got some, as soon as you said, I've got some players in my head like, yeah, let me bring them in. So I think it'll be one of them for us to come up with an eleven. Uh, one to eleven, come talk about and literally just compare and decide who to put in like an underrated eleven. An yeah. underrated draft would be yeah. so much fun. Uh, yeah, us no. <laughs> all having our own elevens and having thirty-three underrated streets won't forget players to talk about. That would be so much fun. Yeah. All I'm saying, if any of you put Ben Foster in there, I'm I'm quitting this. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He's overrated, not underrated. That's all I'm saying. He can have <laughs> as underrated much underrated cyclist. Yeah, the underrated cyclist. I, I don't <laughs> believe I don't believe Ben Foster deserved the career he did at Manchester United. He was always a mid-level Premier League goalkeeper. So I'm just throwing that out there for Ben Foster. <laughs> You're not getting on this podcast anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want me on his, so it's all good. I messaged his manager and his manager just aired me. He left me on red. So I'm like, cool. It is what it is. So I've been anti-Ben Foster ever since. So, uh, which is great, but... Now we'll look to have an underrated full 11 draft. So obviously with a draft, when we have it, uh, Matthew is like, if someone picks a player, you can't then pick them. So you may have just given me a chance to pick Adele Tarap first of all as well. So ah. Taking him off your hands. Abu Dhabi will be another one I'll take off your hands Ooh. as well, which would be great. Um, but yeah, just before we wrap mm. up the podcast as well, I just want to say, Matthew, thank you very much for your time today. Um, just tell us a bit more about your plans on your podcast this upcoming season. So yeah, I'm literally just being as consistent as possible doing post-match reviews previews with international break again I'm going to do like some little ones talking about club specific Chelsea struggles United struggles sorry to do it um, Tottenham Curry <laughs> uh, flourishing but yeah just doing little clubs just to keep people entertained during international break because I know we're all going to be bored during these two weeks most definitely in it oh I'm not I love international break when you're a Man United yeah. fan you look forward to the international break <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been, I've actually had some stick for that, but it's the fact that with me, I think basically last year we had a, I had a podcast with a, an art, a journalist from the Athletic, mm. and then he was saying about when you watch when you watch your international break, do you watch mm. it just for England or do you watch other teams? I was like, no, I just watch it for England. It's like, mm. right, start watching other teams, start watching about how they have to qualify, how important it is because mm. in England you have the one of the best, most entertaining leagues in mm. world football. You have one of the yeah. richest in world football as well. But when you're looking at someone like, um, I'm going to use my example. I went mm. to watch Sweden versus Austria recently and it was incredible. Amazing atmosphere, amazing football to watch. Seeing players that I had forgotten about for years, like Marko Arnautovic, former Stoke player, turning up and mm. scoring two goals against Sweden and silencing mm. the, the entire nation, really. Mm. When you're looking at it from that perspective, from other people's eyes, I was like, oh, okay, I get, I get what it is, mm -hmm. now, which is really good. So I'm going to enjoy the international break, but not from an England perspective, from a different perspective of who's going to qualify for the Euros, who's going to qualify yeah. for the uh, Copa America next summer as well. And when you do mm -hmm. that, that's a better way to enjoy the international break. Otherwise, I'll just mm -hmm. stick to watching the Cricket World Cup yeah. and the Rugby World Cup as well. Rugby World Cup, yeah. Which will be good fun as well. Um, but yeah, Travis, before we wrap up, I needed to ask you as well, before we get back to it as well. Was there a strike partnership you think didn't deserve to be on that top 10 list and why? Oh, um, um, maybe. Storage um, and Suarez, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> really? I, th I thought that was quite a good shout. Um, no, it's a racism. I think, I think not to not deserve it is probably harsh, but 
I I would have just reviewing it now. I would have definitely put Drogba and Lampard in over someone like mm. I don't know Berbatov and Robbie Keane or mm. uh, maybe Collymore and Fowler. Um, mm. I think maybe with the bottom two, we mm. maybe started a little bit too low. I think mm. I underestimated how many good partnerships there were. Not you, we, we all did. Well, yeah, okay, maybe we all did. Yeah, that's that's yeah, why we don't. Yeah. That's why we don't publish this on on social media because we'll get hate for no reason. I mean, <laughs> trick of the trade there for Matthew right there as well. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Do enjoy um, our podcast coming out every week. Do enjoy our live streams coming out every Wednesday um, when the Champions League and the League Cup is on, and when Premier League football is on as well. Yeah. Um, do find us on our matchday vlogs on YouTube, Friday Night Counter Attack. Enjoy Matthew's podcast, Back of the Net, which you'll find in the description below. And we'll see you next time. Take care and goodbye. Yes.